we love you this morning. We honor you, Lord Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise, for there is none like you. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. Lord, we thank you for this yet another day, waking us up in our right mind and starting us on our way. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody running to the Father this morning? Amen. Amen. It's a great privilege to just run to him. It's a great privilege to know he has open arms saying, come, come. Think oftentimes about the prodigal son and that father who represents Jesus, that even when we walk away from him, he is always waiting with our open arms, ready to have a feast, ready to celebrate when we come back. He has open arms. Amen. Amen. Unfortunately, sometimes it's some of us, like the prodigal son's older brother. Mm. It's some of us that keeps people from running back to the Father. True. But we thank God for his goodness. We thank him for open arms and always allowing us to come back, even after our mess, even after he delivered us, saved us, and we go back to where he delivered us from. He's always waiting with open arms. Amen. Amen. Welcome to Christ-centered church. The church where Christ is our central focus. We welcome you this morning. We're thankful that you're able to join us, that we can come together one more time. And as we do customary, or we customarily do, we uh, begin to pray and ask God to direct our service today. And so we're going to pray in just a moment. But I like to kind of mention most of the times what we need to focus our prayer on. Focus prayer is really good. And when you focus together what you're going to pray, I believe it's more impactful. And so we're going to pray in just a minute. Uh, I wanted to mention there's a lot of um, concerns uh, regarding, um, I try to say this as delicately as I can, but there's a lot of concerns regarding when the churches um, will be able to go back in their building. And um, there's a lot of talks about it. But I would advise you uh, to not get too concerned about that. Don't let whether we go into the building now, two weeks from now, a month from now, or even six months from now, don't let that become your focal point. Let Jesus be your central focus. Look to him for guidance and direction in this time. And so in all times, but especially in this time, let him direct you and lead you because we don't always know what God is doing. And I must say here at Christ Center Church, I I can say strongly that since we've been um, experiencing this pandemic and um, we haven't been able to go to our building, I feel like we've put a lot lot more effort into reaching people through social media and through um, um, the, the various platforms where we can minister to individuals. And I feel like we've reached more people during this pandemic time, this quarantine time, I feel like as the gospel has been preached and we've reached more people during this time than when we were focused on making sure we're meeting at the building at certain times. And so I don't want you to be as concerned about when will we be able to go back in our building. Um, I want you to be focused on Jesus, what Jesus is directing us to do. 
um, how Jesus wants to use us, how Jesus wants to impact our world. That's what we need to focus on. And I have to tell you, church, it, it is so, so just in my heart that I know you've heard it, but I just feel like we are really, really at the point where the Lord will return. His second coming is at hand. And we need to be focused on the things that prepare us to meet Jesus when he returns and not the things that are trivial and the things that won't make a difference whether or not he comes back or whether or not we get saved. We're, we, individuals will be saved and can be saved uh, without going into the church building. Now, I'm not telling you when the, when we open back up, don't come because you, you need to come together. The Bible says to come together. And so... We, we shouldn't fail to assemble ourselves, but what I'm telling you is we can still accomplish God's will, and we have been accomplishing God's will the way we have been doing it. So let's just trust God. He knows what's going on. And as I mentioned yesterday at prayer, uh, nothing can stop God. No one can stop God. No one or nothing can prevent his plan from being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So we're crazy if we think that uh, because of what's going on all around us that God can't do what he needs to do. That That's I don't want to serve that God. I don't want to serve that God that can't work and can't do what he wants to do because of what the situation is right now. I'm not serving that God. I'm serving the God who will get his will accomplished no matter what's going on. I'm serving the God that is all-powerful, all-knowing, and nothing can stop him. I'm serving that God. And so that God will not allow his plan to be hindered in any way. His plan will be fulfilled. He says, my word shall not go out and return unto me void. It will go out and accomplish that which he wants it to accomplish. So God is on the throne. He's still doing what he wants to do. And because we don't like what's going on, it doesn't mean God is not working. <laughs> and I'm not telling you I enjoy what's going on. I'm just telling you that sometimes we allow our focus to drift. And then we're not focused on the main thing, which the main thing is Jesus. Let's stand together. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer. Three things I want you to pray for each and every one of us in this service today. I want you to pray that every one of us will open our heart and will be receptive to the word of God. We're going to pray that every one of us today that's a part of this service will open our heart and will be receptive to the word of God. The other thing we want to pray is that every one of us that is a part of our service today will be participators and not spectators. Amen. You know what participators mean? Be careful if you're trying to cook <laughs> while you're in service. Because if you're trying to cook, ask Martha about that. Mm. I stay in the Word, don't I? <laughs> ask Martha about one that's trying to cook and get things ready when Jesus is in the house. Ask her about that. She didn't get anything. Mary got a whole lot. So I would advise you this morning to get the Mary attitude and say, I'll cook in a minute. Just for hour, hour 15 minutes, I'll be all right. Let me stay focused so I can participate. That's what I'm telling you. I don't want you to be a spectator. I want you to be a participator this morning in the service. And then we're going to pray, finally, that each and every one of us that opens our heart, are receptive to the word of God, participators in the service, that all of us that does that will experience a miracle in their life this morning. Somebody say amen. amen. And so 
That's what we want to pray for this morning. Uh, we, we, we prayed yesterday an extensive prayer list, and we have a lot of people that we need to continue to pray for. We don't want you to forget about them. We want you to remember Pearlene Marshall, remember Carmen, remember Kimberly and her family, remember Tia and her family, remember Rosalie and her family, Charlie Hemmings, remember him, that God will touch him and Amen. heal him from uh, diabetes and deliver him from depression. Remember those people in your prayer. Remember Brother Chuby. We want to pray that God will touch his body, continue to heal him, and that he will experience a refreshing and a renewing spiritually. We want to pray for Maxine, that God will touch her and heal her and save her. And we just want to pray that God will have his way in our lives across this ministry, this church, and that God will do whatsoever he wants to do. Will you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we're grateful and thankful that we can come together one more time. Lord, you are our God, and not just God, but Lord of our lives. It means, Lord, we give you total access to rule and to reign over us and in us. You are our King. You are our Lord and our Savior. We humbly, Lord God, humble ourselves unto you. We submit to your will, Lord God. This morning, we want nothing to hinder us, Lord God, from a real encounter, a real experience with you. God, we ask, oh God, that you will overshadow us with your presence in a strong way, in a great way, in a miraculous way. Lord, we know you're preparing us, Lord, for this last and final hour before you return to this earth, Lord God. Help us not to be distracted. Help us, almighty God, not to be swayed. Help us, almighty God, not to be drawn in by negativity negative thoughts, negative oh God actions, help us not to be swayed, but I pray almighty God, that the spirit of the Lord will be totally what guides us, will be totally oh God, what gives us direction and oh God, help us to keep focus Lord, on you Lord Jesus, I pray almighty God, that the gifts of the spirit will operate in us as your people the gifts of the spirit will operate through us, and that the will of God will be accomplished in this earth, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this earthen vessel, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this earth as it is in heaven, Lord God. We praise you and magnify your name, O God, for you are our Lord. There is nothing too hard for you. You are the King eternal, immortal, the only wise God, the only true and living God. Now, Father, we pray for all those names that we mentioned, Lord God, at the outset. That, Lord God, if it's healing, that you will touch their bodies and heal them. If it's sound mind, that you will touch their mind, Lord God, that they will have sound mind. I pray if it's salvation, that you will save them. If it's a spiritual refreshing, that you will refresh them and renew them. God, this morning, we open our heart to you. We will be receptive. I pray that every person under the sound of my voice right now will open their heart, make themselves vulnerable to you. Be receptive to your word. And I pray, oh God, that they will be participators, that they will be worshipers, that they will praise your holy name, that they will exalt your name in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, as they open their heart, as they receive your word, as they participate, as they worship, as they praise, as they honor you, Lord, as they humble themselves to you, I pray, almighty God, that you'll give them a miracle right when they are today, and the miraculous will take place. The power of God will be unleashed, and they will never be the same again. Bless the Lord.
Everybody clap their hands up for the Lord and bless His name. The Lord is good. His mercy everlasting and His truth enduring unto all generations. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Don't forget to share our live stream right now, right where you are. If you can just tap into the live stream and share it with whomsoever you want to share it with, a friend, a family member, a neighbor, a co-worker, a classmate, will you just share our uh, our live feed right now with someone? Just hit on the live feed and where it says share. Share with all of your friends on Facebook. Share with all your friends that you're in communications with that they will be able to tap in this morning. If you have paid enough attention, you'll realize the Lord is guiding this church to really deal with the things that are essential. Amen. That word essential, there, there it goes. But he's really guiding us to deal with the essential things of the Lord because God is all about accomplishing his will. And we cannot get off track from that. And so we want to pay attention to that. So share our live feed today. Someone will be touched. Someone will be reached. Someone will experience a miracle today. So please, share it with them. You love them. You care about them. You know, a lot of times we pray for, for people to be saved, but we have to do something too. We can't just pray. We must pray and then do something. Put some action behind it. So share this morning. I want to give a shout out this morning to Paul Brantley. Amen. <laughs> Mr. Brantley, it's good to see you tuning in. Uh, I, I, I laugh all the time at you. I don't know if anyone shared this with you. But I remember one morning you got on, and I read your comments after I was done preaching. I read your comments, and you got on. Good morning, everybody. I said, look at him. You've always had the lingo to present uh, the way you speak and how you just reach out in a special way. We welcome you. We welcome your wife, Sister Deborah. And uh, we welcome everyone that has tuned in to Christ-centered church. We have some really faithful, faithful, faithful and God has blessed us. You know, I have to say, sometimes you say things depending on the position that you're in, and you're always influenced by your situation, it seems like. And I have to say, here at Christ Center Church, we have been really, really blessed. We have some great people in our church. Uh, we have people that just are faithful and committed to the Lord, people that obey the Word of God, and they listen to the things that they hear preached. And uh, you all are blessed. God has worked greatly in your life, and so... We're not experiencing a lot of things most of the other churches are experiencing. So maybe that's something to think about, that God has really shown us great favor and has blessed us. But I know that if we will just do the things that are uh, essential, godly essential, Amen. that we will be all right and God will continue to do what he wants to do in this church. So we welcome all of you to Christ-centered church. Amen. It's our offering time, and we're going to take our offering at this moment. And so if you have your offering, don't forget, if you want to give, you can give in many different ways. You can give by going to our website at ChristCenteredOnline.com, ChristCenteredOnline.com, and you can click on the link to give, and you can give there. We are also, uh, you are also able to give by PayPal. And I'm trying to remember um, the link, but I know if you go to PayPal and you type in Christ Centered Church, that you will see us there and you can give through PayPal that way. Also, um, you can mail in your offering 
If you'd like to give that way, you can mail it to 22 Concord Avenue, Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619, and you make it addressed out to Christ-centered church. So those are three different ways, as I mentioned. If you can't make it out, I'll be happy to come out and pick up uh, your offering or any other way we can uh, get you to give. And why do we talk about giving? Because it's in the Bible. It's just like healing. It's just like being saved. And we want you to be blessed. That's what it is. And, um, you know, we always give. I will say this because this is a clue here. We always say um, during this offering time that if you are in need, if you're a part of this church or you have family members that you feel like you want to help out and are in a bad situation, if, if you know about any situation like that and you have a need, please reach out to us and uh, we will do our very best to help you in any kind of way that we can, whether it's grocery, whether it's a financial situation, whether it's a health situation, whatever it is, we'll do our very best to assist you in any way that we can. Obviously, if it's a spiritual situation, then that's right up our alley. But any other way you have need, just reach out to us and let us know. I've been saying that since the pandemic and even before then, um, and we haven't had really um, anyone that has stepped forward yet to say, hey, we need help. Christ in the church, can you help us? And that is a testimony, too, that you have been blessed. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we overlook our blessing, but we have been blessed to the point where no one is reaching out to say, I need help. And, and, and we're not just talking. Believe me, I'm not just talking to say, if you need help, reach out. I, I, I'm sincere about that. If you need help, reach out, and we will do whatever we can to help you. And so no one has reached out, so I just count that as you all are very blessed. And so we are fortunate, and we are blessed, and we thank God for that. And I believe a great part of that is because we have been uh, good students, uh, or stewards, I should say, of uh, what God has entrusted with. As, as he has blessed us, we have given, and we've been faithful in our giving. So continue to give, so you will continue to experience God's blessings financially. And so we thank God for that. So it's offering time. Get your offering in your hand, um, or keep it in your mind if you already gave. Some of you already gave online, and so you, you're saying, Pastor, I don't have my offering in my hand. But get your hands up and just pretend that you have offering in your hand. And let me pray for your blessings. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for uh, blessing us with, with resources and provision, Lord God, especially financial provision especially health and strength, Lord God. You are solely responsible for us, Lord God, to be healthy and strong and to have what, what we need to go out and obtain and work and earn finances. And I thank you this morning for each and every person that have given, that have been faithful in their giving. Lord, you have blessed them beyond measure. You have kept them. You have upholded them because they have obeyed your word. Now, Lord, I pray that you will continue to help us to stay focused on you, doing the things that you command, that we can continue to be blessed financially, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally. Lord, we want to continue to do the will of God. And so we thank you this morning for blessing us. We pray that you'll receive our offering, receive our tithes, receive our giving unto you, Lord God, that it may go for your intended purpose. And Lord, we know you will bless us because we have obeyed. For God, you owe no man. And we know that, Lord, by us doing what you command us, Lord, you will be sure to make sure we receive something in return. We give you the honor and the praise. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. Make sure you give. 
whichever way you can. And at this time, we're going to have Brother Josiah and Brother Scarlett to come and minister to us in song. Somebody say amen. 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 Welcome them with a hand clap of praise. Thank you. 
hands. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus Messiah. Amen. There is none like him. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we owe everything to him because he's so wonderful. He's so good to us. Amen. We serve the most amazing God. He is so, so amazing, so kind, and so wonderful. Um, this morning's message and next week's message, uh, I really felt um, that the Lord impressed upon my heart to um, bring to you these messages. And I pray that you will uh, receive it this morning and that you will allow God to touch your heart and mind um, because there is something that God is doing and we just have to give him the free course in our life to do what he wants. Amen. And so, you know, I want to make mention that tomorrow is Memorial Day and um, we should always honor those that have served our country, protected our country, and um, so many of them gave, made the ultimate sacrifice by when they gave themselves to be uh, part of our, our armed forces. Um, some of them never made it back home, and so um, we want to make sure we honor them. And um, anytime we see um, uh, those that have served our country, those that are serving our country, serving our country, and um, those that have served, um, we want to always acknowledge and honor them. Um, their loved ones that stood with them the, the entire time, they, they go through the whole process. And so we honor all of our vets today. We honor all those who are serving our country today. And we honor those that we've lost along the way. We honor their family that are still here with us. So thank God for them, those men and women that give their life and sacrifice their life to make sure they serve and protect our country. We thank God for them. So tomorrow uh, is Veterans Day, and it's just a special day to honor and acknowledge those that have served and is serving our country. So acknowledge them and honor them. They deserve it. They deserve more, but that's the best that we can do. Amen. Amen. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Somebody say Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday. Amen. And we need to prepare ourselves. Pentecost Sunday for a Christian should be a holiday. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know we like to celebrate all the other holidays. Uh, but we need to celebrate Pentecost Sunday. And so next Sunday, we will celebrate Pentecost. And so we hope that you can join us, begin to invite folks to join us. We hope to have um, new postcards and door knockers that we can go out this week and hang them and invite people to join us during our live stream that they can be touched by the power of God. So um, let's make plans for Pentecost Sunday. Um, I would like to use Wednesday and Thursday as fast days or uh, just, just preparing ourselves for God to work in us and through us in a great way for Pentecost Sunday. So if you can fast on Wednesday or Thursday, you don't have to do both. If you want to do both, it's up to you. But if you can fast with us Wednesday or Thursday, that will be great. And when we fast and pray, we're fasting and praying, asking God to work through his church that our world will experience Pentecost like it never experienced. Amen. And so that's what we're asking. So Amen. next Sunday, we will see really another great move of God, and we look forward to it. So prepare yourself for that. 
But let's get into the word of the Lord for this morning, for the word that God has given us for today. Amen. If you have your Bibles or your device that you have your scriptures on, I want you to get them and turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Again, I'm grateful to be with all of you this morning. Amen. I'm privileged and humbled to minister God's word. And um, I hope somehow the spirit of the Lord will do something in your life that you will receive the word of God in the way God will have you to receive it. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 1. We're going to read a few verses, a few verses this morning. We'll read verse 1 through 11. Amen? Verse 1 through 11. Let's look at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, that word and there could be replaced with the word even, even from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he had abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Amen. He counsels with himself. Somebody say he counsels with himself. He counsels counsels with himself. himself. I'm serious. So he doesn't need me or you to counsel him. <laughs> he doesn't need me or you to tell him what to do because he knows what to do and he counsels with himself in order uh, to to decide what he will do, and so we leave it right there. Today I want to talk to you on this topic, chosen, Amen. chosen. Amen. Our focus scripture this morning will be verse four. Verse four says, "According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world." Before I get to that place of dealing with chosen, let's talk a little bit about the beginning, the opening of Paul's letter to the Ephesians 
or the, the church at Ephesus. Let, let's start there, and then we'll work our way to the part where he says that we are chosen. The text started by revealing who was the writer and to whom he was writing to. Mm -hmm. So when we started in verse number one, it says Paul, an apostle. So he, he introduced himself as to who he is, the writer. And then he says, to the saints of God in Ephesus. So he says who he is, and then he says who he's writing to. That's very crucial when we read our Bible, especially in the epistles, Romans all the way through. It's important to pay attention to that because sometimes we grab a hold of some things that said in the epistles and we run with them, not realizing that he was writing to an audience of people who are saints of God. And so Paul made, made it clear that he was writing to the saints in Ephesus. When you read Paul's epistles, they usually, key word there usually, they usually begin with Paul introducing himself as a writer to whom he is writing to. That's usually how Paul's writing, his epistles. Look at Romans chapter 1. Verse 1, then verse 6, and verse 7. Romans chapter 1, look at it. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Verse 6. Among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. To all that be in Rome, the love of God, called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, even the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul always make it clear, usually makes it clear, he introduced himself, himself to us as the writer, and then he tells you who he's writing to, whether it's the saints at Rome, at Rome, the saints in Ephesus, the saints in Galatia, the saints in, 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 in Rome he makes it clear who he's writing to now the good thing about what he's writing because God instructed him what to write because God is the author right he is the one that penned it but God is the author of what the word of God is God is the author but the good thing about it is uh, as, 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 as you read it you will understand that okay he wrote it to these folks but because it's God's word, we can take it and apply it to our life. Right. But it all depends on the status of your life. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that in a little bit. The word saints means those who are holy or those who are devoted or consecrated to God. The word saint. It refers to those who are separated from a common use to a sacred use. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is applied to those who are set apart to the service of God. As Christians, we are born again into the family of God, the church, who are saints of God, 
For we are devoted and set apart for the purpose of God. We are separated from a common use to now a sacred use. Mm -hmm. Paul made it clear from the beginning of his letter that he was addressing the saints, the church, the Christians who were in Ephesus at the time. For Paul's letter to impact us today, we must become saints of God, born-again Christians. So what I want for you to think about is what Paul wrote. You have to ask yourself, am I a saint? Because that's how the writing of Paul will impact, will affect your life. So whatever it is that it's saying to you, it's saying to those who it's written to, meaning Christians, meaning saints of God meaning the church, the body of Christ. Yes. And so the writing is to those who he addressed it to, maybe way back in, in those days in Ephesus, he addressed it to them. But today, we can call ourselves the Christians of New Jersey. Right. Mm -hmm. Come on. So it's the Christians, it's the saints that he's writing to. And so we must understand that if we want his writing to impact us today, we must understand we must become what we need to become for the writing, the words of God to impact us. Come on. My question to every one of us this morning is this. Are you a saint of God? Mm -hmm. Some religions use that term in different ways. But I'm going to stick with the Bible. I've already given you some understanding of who the saints of God are. And so the question you must ask yourself this morning, am I a real saint of God? Am I a saint? Am I a Christian? Am I a, a true believer to the point where my action says that I am? Am I a part of the body of Christ? Or am I just religious? Christians who is born again of the water and the spirit are devoted to Christ are fulfilling his purpose in their life. And so we must begin to think about these things when we say, are we Christians? The very first calling of our life is for us to know Jesus Christ, that we may become saints of God, Christians, if you will. And so the very first call, the very first call we will ever receive, the very first call we will ever get, because that call came before we were even in this world. That call came before we were even in the womb of our parents, uh, in our mother's womb, I should say. But that call came before you were created, before you were designed. That call came, and that's the very first call any human being will ever get, is the call of Christ to know who he is and to become a saint of God. That's the first call. Everything else comes afterwards. And so a lot of times children are growing up and they're trying to figure out what they need to be. Young people, children, I'm here to tell you your first calling is to know who Jesus Christ is and to become a saint of God, to become a Christian. Every other calling comes after that. Every other responsibility comes after that. The very first thing we must be responsible to or respond to is the call of God to know Him and to be a saint of God, to be a Christian, to be a part of the body. 
body of Christ. Yeah. That's the first call that we will ever have. And that's the one that's the most important. That's the one that we must answer. It's yeah. that first call that God has placed in our life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Some people say, I just feel like I'm supposed to do this. I just feel like this is my calling. We've been watching the documentary series on Michael Jordan, and some of us that watch it, we probably realize, man, that dude was just different, and it was just his purpose here in the earth. While that could be true, guess what? His first calling was for him to know Jesus and become a saint of God, to be born again of the water and of the spirit. That was his first call. Basketball may have been a calling, but that wasn't before the call to know who Jesus is and to be a saint of God. So we must understand the first call is to answer the call of Christ. To become, to know who he is and to become a saint of God. Mm -hmm. Listen to me. Many today are using the word, or words, saint, mm -hmm. Christians, or believers very loosely. Amen. Come on. You can talk to people all over this world. And everyone feels like they are a saint mm -hmm. or a Christian or a believer. And so you talk to folk and they're going to tell you, I'm this and I'm that. That I get concerned about because one of the worst things that can happen to us is to believe something that's not true. This is why we always say believing is not faith. Because you can believe a lie and that doesn't mean and that doesn't mean you have faith, it just means Amen. you believe the lie. Amen. And so there are many people that believe that because they believe about Jesus Christ that they are okay and they're doing good. But we have to stop using that term, that word, saint, loosely. We have to stop using the word Christian or believer so loosely because it's, it's, it's bigger. It's, it's greater than how we're using it. And we must pay attention to what it's all about. Many people proclaim to be saved, professing that they are saint or a Christian, or a believer. But according to the Word of God, does your actions and thoughts agree with the Word of God that says that you are a saint of God? This is what we have to look at to say, are we saints of God? We have to look at the Word of God and then look at our life and say, does our life agree with the Word of God? Does our life matches with the Word of God to say that we are saints of God? And we must be honest with ourselves. We must really look into ourselves and not deceive ourselves. Church, I'm here to tell you, Jesus is coming. The return of the Lord is at hand. And we can't just go through the formality. We can't be just religious. We can't just know the right words to say. We must be who we are supposed to be. Saints of the Most High God. Children of God. The church. We must look at our life and watch yes, the word yes. of God and say am I a real Christian? Am I a real saint of God? Am I really? Yes. Because if I lose out, I don't have another opportunity. Amen. You only have one soul. And while I've said this before, while we have insurance for our homes, insurance for our cars, that if anything happens to them, we can get another one. Come on. You don't have insurance for your soul, but becoming a saint. Amen. Amen. That's the only insurance you have. Mm -hmm. So, so, so there's no money 
that can ensure your life that you can get a do-over. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm. That's true. You don't have any money to, to, to get a do-over with life. No. The way how you ensure that you will continue to live and enjoy life is to become a saint of God. Yeah. It's to surrender your life. It's to respond to your first call that God has Amen. called out to you. That's the insurance of this life that we have. Amen. One soul. Amen. We don't have another one. And so, I understand that some of us are saying, Preacher, you're right. And I know I need to get it together. And I'm trying to do my best. And I'm striving. And I'm not what God wants me to be yet. And I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, I'm not what God wants me to be yet. Mm-hmm. And so I understand God is still working on us. We're still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. You must look at your trajectory. Are you heading that way? Are you following that way? Or you're just 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 doing what you've always done and then saying, well, God understands and I'm going to get it together soon. Mm-hmm. We have to look to the word of God and see what our life says. Listen to me. It is not right to say we're trying when we don't lift our hands during the church service to worship the Lord. Amen. We like to say, I'm trying though, but I'm trying to be what God wants me to be. But it's not right. You can't say that. I mean, you could, but you wouldn't be right in saying that, that I'm trying. But in the service today, will you lift your hands and say, Lord, I worship you. Oh, will you lift your hands today and say, Lord, I give you the honor and the praise. Lord, you are my God. Will you lift your hands today and say that? Will you lift your hands today and to declare that? We can't say we're trying if we do not pray regularly and seek the Lord and call on his name. We can't say we're trying if we tend to miss the things of God that, that God has planned for us, uh, Bible study, worship service, uh, or even when we have prayer meetings uh, or outreach, uh, we can't say that we're trying when we're not showing up for outreach, uh, when we're not showing up for prayer, when we're not showing up for worship service, uh, when we're not showing up for Bible study. If we're not showing up, we can't say that we're trying our best to be what God wants us to be. We can't say we're trying our best when we're not faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't say we're trying our best when we mistreat others. We have to re-evaluate and say, am I really trying my best or do I have an excuse that's built in that I continue to use and I'm not doing what I need to be. But I'm here to tell you today, you can get free from all excuses. You can get delivered from all thoughts that are wrong and you can be saved to the point where you will begin to do the things that will say surely I'm trying surely I'm working towards what God want me to be somebody clap their hands unto the Lord hallelujah 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 a saint lives a saved life a saint lives a saved life and so, look at this. John chapter 1, verse number 10. Mm-hmm. John chapter 1, verse number 10 saying, talking about Jesus Christ is what it's talking about here. Verse 10. He was in the world, 
And the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. So he was in the world. Talking about Jesus. He was in the world. And the world was made by him. He was in the world that he made. Guess what? And the world knew him not. Verse 11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power. You know what that word there, power? There's two kind of powers get mentioned in the Bible. One power is, I'll tell you in a second, but the other power is dunamis power, which means force, which means power to destroy. And so, but in, in verse number 12 here, it says, as many as received him, to them gave he power. That power means ability. That power means competency. That power means influence. That power means strength. So when you receive Jesus Christ, he gives you the ability. He, he enables you. He gives you competency, influence, and strength to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So we can become saints of God. God will call out to us and it's up to us to receive him. It's up to us to receive his invitation to become sons and daughters of God. He will enable us. But we can't just stand back and say, well, God understands and he, he knows I got to do this and got to do that. Can I tell you something, church? What is, we, we traditionally do this, that I'm just like shaking my head. But I'll help you this morning. It's not good. We do it in our regular relationships. It's not good to take the one for granted that understands the most and loves you the most. The one that's going to always be able to say, don't worry about it. It's okay. The one that's always going to say, I'm good. The one that never gets so angry at you when they reject you. We take advantage of those people and we don't realize that we do. Come on. We do. We, we, we leave the people that loved us the most and that shows us the most, uh, you know, forgiveness and everything. We leave them on the back burner because we put in our mind, they will always be with me because they're just so good. They will always understand. They will always be there for me. They will always love me no matter what. So we put them on the back burner and we're trying to impress the ones who we think if we don't impress them, they're going to walk on. Why is our mentality like that? Trying to impress people that it won't matter whether they're impressed or not. That it won't matter if they're on your side or not. Why do we try to impress them? Why are we trying to say, look at me over here. Look at me over here to get people to buy into who you are. If they don't care about you, why do you want to care about them buying into you? Yes, my Lord. Come on. We do Jesus like that, and that's why I'm saying that. So with Jesus, oh, he understands. He, he gave his life for us. He's forgiven. He's merciful. Oh, his grace is, is, is sufficient. And so God is so good. He loves me. He calls me the apple of his eye. And so we hold on to those things and keep doing whatever we want that he doesn't like. But we just think because he's merciful and forgiven and he loves us and he gave his life for us that we will always be okay with him. Preach. Come on now. Even if that's true, why would you treat somebody like that? Even if that's true that he will always be here, even if that's true that he will always forgive you, even if that's true that he will always love you, why do we put him on the back burner and make everything else be on the front burner? Right. Mm -hmm. Not right. We can't call ourselves saints of God. 
if we do that. Mm-hmm. We're not saints of God because we're not faithful. Jesus will give you the power, the ability, the competency to become a saint of God, a Christian, if you will. We must then receive his instructions by obeying it to actually become a saint. So let me say this for the one millionth time, because I say this all the time, which is great because we need to keep saying it over and over and over and over again. If you're going to become a saint... You need to obey the instructions to become a saint. And so, when are you going to obey the instructions? What are you going to put off? What kind of excuse are you going to make before you decide to become a saint of God? Before you decide to become become a Christian? What excuse are you going to make up this morning because God is so good? Is that the excuse? What's the excuse that you're going to come up with this morning that if you haven't become a saint of God, what excuse will you put up? Because I'm telling you right now, if you want to become a saint, I'll drive to your house and baptize you in Jesus' name for the remission of sin. I'll lay hands on you and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Or if you want to come to me, I'll baptize you here where I am. But the bottom line is we must follow the instruction to become a saint of God and not keep putting it off and not say, well, 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 because God is good and he understands. Hear me this morning. Somebody, you're going to miss out on God because you keep on believing that God is so good. What if you lose your life before you give your life to God? It's not going to be any of God's doing then. It will be our doing. If we end up losing our life before we become a saint of God, whose fault is that? Whose doing is that? Can't blame God because God's first calling was for you to be a saint. Acts chapter 2. This is how you become a saint. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Verse 41. Then, 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 they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Peter preached. The people received it. And because they received it, then they gladly went and did it. When we receive God's word, we gladly go and do it. We have become so familiar with God's word that when we hear it now, we don't gladly receive it. Because I heard that before. I heard that already. I heard that preached. And so God's word is not sacred anymore. God's word is not holy anymore. We hear God's word and we just say, yeah, I've heard that before. And we don't realize every time we hear God's word, we need to receive it and act on it. We need to be glad about it because it's a privilege to hear God's word. It's a privilege to read God's word. It's a privilege to receive God's word and act on God's word. And we need to do something about it. When we hear and read God's word. Amen. Amen. Help us this morning, Jesus. We must be saints of God 
to experience many of God's declared blessings. Let me say that again. We must be saints of God to experience many of God's declared blessings. There are many blessings of God that we cannot claim except we are saints of God, born again Christians, people that are the body of Christ. We can't claim certain blessings unless we are Christian, saints, born again people. Verse 3, when we were reading in our original text, verse 3 talked about the saints of God are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. The saints of God are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. God had blessed us. Who? Us. The saints with spiritual blessings. These are the rarest, richest, the most enduring of all blessings. Spiritual blessings. We like the natural blessings. We like the financial blessings. We like when God gets us a nice house. We like when God provides for us. We can get a nice car or get whatever material things that we want. And those are all great because whatever God gives, uh, that's all wonderful. But those spiritual blessings uh, are the blessings uh, that are valued uh, and should be valued. It's the spiritual blessings that will make the difference. Come on. Spiritual blessings are priceless, somebody. You might be blessed with enough money to buy whatever you want, but spiritual blessings are priceless. You cannot purchase them. You don't have enough money to buy them. And so we, the saints of God, are blessed with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. If we're going to be blessed the way we need to be blessed with spiritual blessings, we must become saints of God so we can be blessed with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Somebody needs to thank God for that because you didn't ask for it. You didn't know anything about it. But God says if you become a saint of God, you will receive spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Priceless blessings. He had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ. You ready for some of the blessings that you can't pay for the spiritual blessings? Listen to me. What the spiritual blessings could be? A new heart. Amen. Our heart is so corrupt and evil and wicked. That's what the Bible says. And so when you become a saint of God, God gives you a new heart. A tender conscience. A submissive will. Yes. Faith. Hope. Love. Joy. Peace. Meekness. Patience. We have all these spiritual blessings in Christ that he has given unto us because we naturally weren't good people. We naturally didn't have a, a, a submissive uh, way, a submissive will. We didn't have hope. We didn't have faith. We didn't have love in us. We didn't have joy. And so it was God who gave us these spiritual blessings that we now possess because he says, when you become saints, I will bless you with heavenly blessings, with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Here are some more spiritual blessings. Regeneration, justification, Amen. adoption, sanctification, and completeness in Christ. So when we receive spiritual
spiritual blessing in heavenly places. I'm telling you, the things that we receive, you can't purchase them with money. They are not of this world, the value things that we like to look at. They are invaluable to us. These are spiritual blessings from Christ to us. Everything that comes directly from him is heavenly because he is holy and heavenly. Somebody say amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, chapter 1, verse 4 is our key, key text. And that's where I'm going to be for the next few moments before we close up here. And so, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, what it says, According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Remember, when Paul said God had chosen us, Paul was referring to himself, the other apostles, and the saints at, at Ephesus. Huh. Let me slow it down there because I don't want you to miss this part because this is the main theme of the message. I don't want to slip past you. When Paul wrote in verse number one in Ephesians chapter one, he says, Paul a saint of God, uh, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and then he says, to the saints at Ephesus. And then he says here in verse 4, according as he had chosen us. Who was the us? The people he's writing to. Mm -hmm. that, that's how you read your Bible. Don't, I want you to always understand that. That, that it's written. Uh, I, have a, I have a study sheet that Brother Redout gave to me that, that makes you ask all of the pertinent questions questions when you're reading a scriptural text to, to really get full understanding. And one of it is, obviously, the who, what, when, where, why, subject, and all those things. you got to ask those things in order to understand how you can receive this and how this can impact your life. So when Paul introduced himself and said that he was writing to the saints at Ephesus, what Paul is saying now, that, that, that the scripture says, as he had chosen us, he wasn't talking about you and me. He was talking to the, the people in Ephesus, the Ephesians. That's who he was talking to. That doesn't mean it can't address us. But I just want you to go there and understand because I'm trying to make a point. So Paul says, as he had chosen us, Paul was referring to himself, the other apostles, and the saints of, at, at Ephesus. All who was already saved is basically what it's talking about. Those who were already in Christ. That's who Paul chose. That's who Christ chose before the foundation of the world. I'm almost there. I'm going to show you something interesting. Some may say we are chosen to be saints. Because that's what... If, if you was to study this text that I'm preaching to you from this morning, you will see many of the writers of commentary of this text, they all addressed it as... God has chosen us. So everybody take that and run with it and want to feel good about God chose us. God, slow it down. I'm not saying he didn't, but watch how he does it so you will know what he's all about. And so some may say we are chosen to be saints. The scripture teaches us we are called to be saints. It may seem like semantics. But I believe there is a difference. Watch this. If you have already been born again of the water and the spirit, know assuredly 
You are chosen of God. You were chosen of God in Christ before the foundations were laid. Before the foundations of this world was laid, you were chosen in Christ. And so I'm saying the same thing as a lot of people are saying, but I have a different perspective that I'm presenting to you this morning. Come on now. Listen to me. Chosen of God, you are not, you got to understand, when you are a chosen vessel of God, it's deeper than what you think. It's not as surfacey as you think. And so listen to me. Let me talk to the chosen people for a second. Chosen of God, you are not finished in your work in Christ. Amen. You are just getting started. God has chosen you in Him before the foundation of the world. And this is your hour. This is your time to fulfill the purpose He has chosen you for. I don't want you to get weary. I don't want you to begin to slide backwards. Somebody hear me this morning. God don't want you to slide back. You've been chosen by God not to slide back, but to move forward. And so you need not to slide back into sinful habits. Don't you allow negative energy or negative thoughts to overpower you. You are chosen by God for such a time as this. He has filled you with the Holy Ghost to empower you to do his will. Come on. Stir up the gift of God that is in you. When you feel weary, when you feel tired, when you feel like God is not oh, working in your life or God has forgotten about you, I want you to stop. And if you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, I want you to begin to call on the name of the Lord and say, God, I feel worthless. I feel like I'm done. I feel like I'm washed up. I feel like you don't care anymore. I feel like you don't want to use me anymore. I feel like I have no hope. I feel like I'm not going anywhere. But God, I'm calling on you this morning to say, hear my cry. You have chosen me before the foundation of the world and there's something still for me to do. I'm ready, Lord. Will you move in me? Will you empower me? Will you overshadow me? I'm ready now, Lord, because you have chosen me before the foundation of this world. You got to get that in your spirit. I don't care what the devil makes you feel like. I don't care what the situation is right now. I just want to tell you this morning, you were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. And you must believe and understand that you've got work to do. You must believe and understand God is just ready to work in your life in a special way, in a miraculous way. But you got to know for yourself that you were chosen by God before the foundation of the world. Listen, God has called the human race to be saved. God has called the human race to be saved. Until we receive that call and choose to be saved by obeying the plan of salvation, to repent of sins, to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ and be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are not positioned to be chosen in Christ. You might have missed it. Might have went over your head. Come on. Come on. Say it again. They want me to say it again. So that means y'all must want me to say it again. God has called the human race to be saved. There's not one person that is born into this world that God did not call to be saved. 
I went over that before. Until we receive that call and choose to be saved by obeying the plan of salvation to repent of sins, to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and to be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are not positioned to be chosen in Christ. Come on now. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down for you. Don't worry. Hold tight. Don't move. Don't move. All are called, but only those who receive the calling and obey Christ's instructions by doing what he commands to be saved will be chosen. Amen. You must choose before you are chosen. Amen. You must choose before you are chosen. And so we're all running around saying, I'm chosen, I'm chosen, I'm chosen. God is going to use me. But I'm telling you, until you choose, you're not chosen. Amen. Now, can we can we flip it and say, well, we were chosen before the foundation of the, of the world? Sure, we can. But understand, here's a process to how being chosen works. And even though God has foreordained that you are chosen, until you do what you're supposed to do, you being chosen means nothing. My God. Let me show you the process. I'm going to show you the process in case you missed it. Come on, break it down. Mark 2, verse 13. I love this. And he went forth again by the seaside. Talking about Jesus. And all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. Look at verse 14. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Was he an apostle yet? Was he even a disciple yet? Because you gotta become a disciple before you can be an apostle. Amen. Come on. So when he moved across the region, he was choosing. He was, I'm sorry, he was calling. Come on, Levy. Come on, Simon. Come on. And he's calling them to come. Follow me, is what he said. Look at Mark chapter 2, jump down to 16 and 17. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto him, said unto his disciples, How is it that he eaten? How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? Question. When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician. But they that are sick, I came not to call, call. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He came to call. He came to this earth to call. And so his call is extended to everyone. So he called. Here we go. All are called. The chosen are those who obey the call and follow Christ and obey his commandments. All of us are called. In order to experience being chosen, we must first choose to answer the call. Amen. 
We are living in the dispensation of grace, which means we are being given opportunities and time we don't deserve. But grace will not last forever. Grace will come to an end. Amen. We're all living in the dispensation of grace. But the, the dispensation of grace is coming to an end. Amen. What is so important about this call and chosen thing? Listen to me. He called us. And it's up to every one of us to respond to that call by surrendering our life and becoming a saint. Very seldom can we have impact in anything we do if we're not trained. Amen. That's true. That's true. So the system that God has put in place is, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you. And when I call you, it's up to you to answer the call. I've already chosen you. Mm. Mm. Because I know the ending mm -hmm. from the beginning. I know it all. I've already chosen you, but the process is as follows. You first must answer the call. God, amen. I've already chosen you. That was part of my deal. As a matter of fact, if you go and look in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, what it says, Jeremiah, I have called you before you was even formed mm -hmm. in your mother's womb and ordained you a prophet. My God. A prophet. So God had chosen him in him. Mm. When you're called, you're not in Christ. This is why when you read the text, it says we are chosen in Christ. Help us, Holy Ghost. You can't be chosen until you're in Him. Did He choose you before the foundation? Sure He did. He knows who will be in Him. But we first must answer the call and now give our life to Him. And when we surrender, then what He has ordained for us to be, whether it's a prophet, whether it's an evangelist, whether it's an apostle, whether it's a pastor, a teacher, or whatever He has called us to be, we first must answer the call before he can choose us to be the apostle, before he can choose us to be the evangelist, before he can choose us to be the prophet or the, the pastor or the teacher. He first called us. And so, if you answer the call by understanding who he is, repenting of your sins, being baptized in his name, being filled with his spirit, what it means is you have positioned yourself to be chosen now. Amen. Chosen to be an apostle. Amen. Chosen to be a prophet. Mm -hmm. Chosen to be an evangelist. Chosen to serve God in a capacity in which God has chosen for you to serve him in. So if we are just sitting around Wondering when we're going to go back in the building. We have missed it. Yes. We have missed it. Because if you're going to be a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, or whatever, where is the majority of people? In our building or in the world? Where is the majority of the harvest? In our little community or in the world? God is he, 
He has called us, but he has chosen us now to go into the world. Yes. Help me, Holy Ghost. Come on, take your time. To become an apostle, it means that you are sent. Mm -hmm. So you answer the call, he disciples you, then he chooses you. That's how he sends you. So you can't accomplish God's will by staying just where you are. Mm -hmm. You can't accomplish what God has chosen for you to do by staying where you are. You're going to have to get up and go. You're going to have to move and let God work in you and through you because you are chosen of God. Man of God, you are chosen of God. Woman of God, you are chosen of God. Young person of God, you are chosen of God. Children, you are chosen of God. Amen. But you first must answer the call. You first must answer the call. Because unless you answer the call and obey what he commands for you to do to become a saint, how can you operate in him? Only who is in him. This is why he says we're supposed to be holy. Mm -hmm. Because he is holy. And how are you going to be in him if you are unholy? Come on. Come on, preacher. So we're, we're hindering that process of, of being chosen. So we can do what God wants us to do. Because we won't be holy. Or we won't, we, 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 we won't. Uh, do what he tells us to do or we won't even answer the call to be saved God can use us so mightily God can use us in such a way that it will blow our minds some people sit back and they see different pastors being used of God and they're like wow okay that's cool and maybe it is a while sometimes but you could be that or something else and you're worried about somebody else wow there's a wow in you brother there's a wow in you sister there's a wow because you're chosen and when you operate in the position in which God has chosen you in him you're going to wow some people Amen. Come on now. we don't have to sit around and be wowed at whoever we see when God has chosen us just like he has chosen them come on help me here this morning we have been called by God to be saints and we are chosen to be whatever he wants us to be in him in him in him the chosen part is in him the chosen part is in Christ and that's where we do work that's where we are now effective is in Christ. We can't be effective just in our own self and by our own ability. We are effective in Christ. Amen. When we answer the call and say yes to becoming a saint and we allow ourselves to be discipled, we will experience the prophets of being chosen. Will you accept the call of God today and be chosen in Him? Why not seize this moment, take full advantage of all that Christ has in store for you? Lay hold on your destiny today, somebody. Because you're chosen in Christ. We have been crippled when we use that word in the past chosen because we think that after we get saved, that was the chosen he's talking about. Mm -hmm. 
He wasn't talking about being saved as chosen. But that's what we thought. That, oh, I'm saved, so that means I was chosen before the foundation of the world. No, somebody, I'm here to tell you today. You were first called by God to know who Jesus Christ is and to be saved. That's, without a doubt, what all of us are supposed to first respond to. When that happens, then we will experience being chosen. When we experience being chosen, then now we begin to fulfill our true purpose. It's not until you put yourself in that position of being chosen that we can fulfill our destiny. Choose to accept the call of Jesus. Right now is a good time. Don't wait till later. Don't wait till next week. But choose right now. Will you stand with me? Chosen. We need to choose to answer the call of God. Because by you choosing, you will be chosen. By you choosing, you will be chosen. Will you pray today and ask God to move in your life in a special way? Somebody hear my voice this morning. You can be saved today. If you will understand that Jesus Christ is God Almighty and that He is one God and that He's Savior and He's the one that sits on the throne and you can understand that He has called you to be saved, to be a saint. You can do that today. You can repent right where you are right now of all your sins. You can lift your hands and begin to worship Him. I can come to you and get you baptized. Or you can come to me and I'll baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Not in the title, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Hear me, hear me somebody. There's somebody listening to me that when you were a kid you got baptized. That's what you just thought about. That, well, I'm okay because I got baptized when I was a kid. Listen to me. A child don't need to get baptized because a child doesn't understand what sin is. So don't go by that, that you were... And, and let me also just come straight at you just because I love you. Don't make excuses. Don't come up with reasons not to do this. Because we only have one soul, we need to do what it takes and not guess, not speculate, not try to remember, but just do what you've heard today. God wouldn't allow you to hear what you're hearing if you didn't need to hear it. So hear what God is saying today. I want you to lift your hands right where you are. And I want you to repent of your sins. Asking God to change your motives. To forgive you of all your wrong. And to cleanse your heart of all unrighteousness. And tell him you surrender. And you want to be saved. And you want to be chosen. Ask God to help you this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus. For every uplifted hand, for every person, Lord God, that will exercise, Lord God, the, 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 the word of God and obey, Lord Jesus, what you have called them to do and to be. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I pray that you will move upon them, that they will experience a miracle of salvation today. That they will experience a miracle of healing today. That they will experience a miracle of deliverance today. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that, Lord, there will be a supernatural power from heaven that will 
encounter every one of us that will overshadow us, that will break the chains of bondage and loose the strongholds that have us captives, Lord. Hey, God, I pray today, today will be a new day. Today will be a day, oh God, where we will have that encounter and that experience never to be the same, never to go back from where you have brought us from. I pray today, Lord God, that there will be a move of your spirit in our soul and that change will come, oh God, into our heart and into our life. I pray today, Lord God, that we will answer the call of God to become saints, that you will show us the process of being chosen, how you will work in our life, how we will fulfill our purpose, how we will have impact in this world, how we will exercise the authority that you have placed upon us. God, help us to have the mindset of what you want us to have so we can go out into this world and do the will of God, so we can go out into this great harvest and touch lives and not, Lord God, stay complacent and in our own space, not being able to impact or get on the internet, Lord God, and begin to minister and begin, oh God, to be witnesses. Will you help us today, oh great God? Will you move upon us today that we are not the same after this service, that we will not continue to do the same after this service, but that change will take place in our soul. A move of God will take place now within us that we will not be the same. God help us today. God help us today. Somebody worship him. Somebody call on him. Oh, hallelujah, 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 Oh, yes, God, we just stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost within us. That change, that change, that change that we can receive. Oh, God, the call of God and be chosen as your servant, as your servant. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. God touches in a mighty way, in a divine way, in a supernatural way. I pray a miracle right now upon somebody's Wherever you want us to go, we can let our light shine. 
Lord. Will you teach us, Lord? Will you instruct us, Lord? That we can be what you want us to be, Lord God. Servants of the Most High God. Servants of the Most High God. Servants of the Most High God. Oh, help us, Jesus. Oh, help us, oh God. Help us. In the name of Jesus.
It's our time. God has already chosen us before the foundation of the world. And all we got to do now is just respond and let him do what he's going to do. Listen to me. I'm going to give Patrice a lot of work for next week. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. And here is my challenge to you. I want you to send Patrice every old time Pentecost song. Anybody that can find me some old Pentecostal uh, Pentecost Day song, send it into Sister Patrice and we'll see what we can play next week for us to be reminded of Pentecost, for us to understand the impact of Pentecost. So begin to search around all the Pentecostal songs, all the, the songs, the old time songs that talk about Pentecost, that talk about the cross. You hear me, Mama Allen? You hear me, Mama Thomas? We want those songs, all right? The old Pentecostal songs. That's what we're going to play next week. That's what we'll listen to because next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday and we're going to celebrate Pentecost. I love you, church. I love you. You can stay with us and just, just listen to the, the songs, the words of these songs and let it just wash over you as you love your Lord. Some of you got to go cooking and do what you got to do. God bless you. I love you. And I will talk to you on Thursday for Bible study. Hallelujah. Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn face toward you and Generations, in your family, in your children, in your children.